Can you feel it? You guys, do you feel this? Our origin story begins. Why am I so different from them? You have an amazing gift. You don't understand this yet. People need you. And we stand together. I should be proud of myself because I'm finally using my gift for something important. We're stronger together. Yeah. Child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. Listen to these words. Ooh, child, things are gonna be easier. Church, hope you enjoyed that video clip. Uh, my name is DJ. I'm the campus pastor at Castle Rock. Have been so for about eight years, um, and uh, it's just a joy and a privilege to be with you this weekend and sharing in this blockbuster series. Those of you who know me know that I'm kind of a movie buff. I really can have a unique gift. One of my spiritual gifts, actually, is to find the unique ability to insert the cheesiest movie quote or movie line into any conversation and create just a super awkward moment, you know? So look for that to be happening throughout the message this morning. Uh, but I was so excited. There was actually a bet going on amongst the pastors. This is a fictitious story. But anyway, uh, about that I couldn't get through this entire message without quoting Nacho Libre, which is one of my favorite movies. So I told the guys, no, absolutely I can. I mean, this is about Avengers today, and, you know, this is a totally different deal. And so I want you guys to help me out if you see me sort of begin to slide down a path that you feel like there could be a Nacho Libre quote coming. Somebody just be like, no, no, you know, back, you know, try to pull me back from the brink because I want to win. I want to taste of the glory. Ah, shoot. A minute, six seconds. All right. Well, I made it as long as I could. Better than last night. Anyway, um, it is great to be sharing with you today. And on a serious note, our topic today is stronger together. I believe that God has a word for us today that is timely and that he wants to just impart a spirit of wisdom and revelation in every one of us listening, those listening online, uh, um, anybody who's going to have an opportunity to hear this word. I just believe that God wants to activate a, a revelation in us about the fact that we are stronger together in the body of Christ to fulfill our mission. And here's the deal. About a week ago, I was in a conversation with a friend of mine that attends Castle Rock campus. His name is Chad, and he is a Marine and uh, has served in foreign theaters uh, and has spent significant amount of time overseas in combat situations. And as he was sharing with me and we were kind of working through some things, it just stirred my mind to some conversations that I've had in the past with other veterans and the reality that these guys, along with all the things that they suffer, all the things that they've sacrificed, the loss that they've experienced of friends and loved ones in combat, there's something about that experience of being part of a combat unit, being part of a team that, that I actually am jealous for. And I don't even fully know how to, how to describe it, how to explain it. I mean, I'm, I'm on the outside looking in. So if you, you know, are serving in our armed forces or have ever served, I'm not trying to be like, I've got this figured out. I know, you know, by no means. I'm, I'm just kind of on the outside looking in going, from everything that I can hear in conversation, from everything that I can see in their eyes, there's several characteristics that I believe are incredible and that God wants to be a part of the body of Christ. The first thing that I hear is the idea of a very clear mission. 
You talk to a combat veteran, and man, there is a sense of very clear objective, a very clear mission. It's not ambiguous. Well, let's see, you know, see what happens. It's like, boom, this is our objective. Let's get in. Let's get it done. Let's get out so we can go home and get out of danger's way and back to our loved ones. The second thing that I feel and sense when I'm around them is a sense of very high shared commitment. There's a very high commitment that is shared among them, both to the mission that we just talked about and to each other right? Combat soldiers are putting their lives in each other's hands. They're trusting each other. Those that are watching the gates at night have to stay awake to protect. I mean, there's a very clear sense where we're in this together. We are all in. It's all or nothing, right? Go big or go home. And the idea that we are committed to each other and committed to see this mission truly be accomplished. Another thing that I sense in this conversation is the idea of there's a deep brotherhood and a deep sense of camaraderie. And I believe that that actually flows out of the other things that are happening, right? When you've got a clear mission, when you know what you're about, when you've got a shared commitment where you know that I'm all in, you're all in, our lives are in each other's hands, we're in this together, then that inevitably leads to a sense of shared camaraderie, brotherhood. Do you know what? The apostle John in his first epistle talked about that. And he said these words in chapter one, he said, hey, the words that we share with you are so that your fellowship, he uses that word, fellowship can be with us. And our fellowship, same word, is with the Father. And that word fellowship in the Greek, I'm no Greek scholar, but from my simple little internet lookup, means the deep sense of communion and shared relationship we have because of what we share. Does that make sense? It's because we share a commitment. It's because we have the same values that we have that friendship, that relationship, that brotherhood, that koinonia. And I believe that God is saying, church, I want you to experience that kind of unity, that kind of clarity of vision, that kind of relationship, that kind of buy-in, because only then will we be able to fulfill the mission that he's put us on this earth for and to truly experience the Christian life the way Jesus wants us to. Does that sound like a good thing? So here's the deal. There's a couple things that need to take place in order for us to do that. The reality is we have, you know, a clear enemy. Obviously, man, he's, you know, roaring like a, like a, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And uh, God has put us here to defeat him. In fact, that same epistle, 1 John, in chapter 3, verse 8, says this. The reason the Son of Man came, are you ready for this? Very simple, breaks it down, is to destroy the works of the devil. Can I say that again? Just in case there's any confusion and ambiguity in our mission. The reason the Son of God was manifested is to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Look around, right? What do we see? We see suicide in our schools. We see addiction. People can't break free. We see depression and discouragement. We see marriages torn apart by pride or violence or abuse. We see discouragement financially. We see people struggling with their identity not knowing who they, even to the point of not knowing if they're a man or a woman. I mean, we see so many things going on that are the works of the devil. Yes. And God said, man, I came to destroy those things and to bring life and abundant life and peace and hope and joy. And my body is my team. You, church, God would say, are my fighting unit. You are the ones I'm gonna do it through if you'll let me and if you'll come together. But here's the deal. Coming together is not as easy as it sounds, right? Let's face it. <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> Henry Ford said this. Coming together is a beginning. 
Keeping together is progress and working together is success. And I believe that there's a lot of truth in that, right? He could have been, maybe he was a preacher boy. I don't know, Henry Ford. I mean, I think he built a company too, but anyway. Um, but here's the deal. It starts with coming together. It is a beginning, coming together. And man, that is half the battle, isn't it? Getting us kind of in the same room together. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's like, Lord, are you sure they're in your body? I don't, I don't think there's the same DNA in me that, you know, they must have been like a stepchild or something, you know, I don't know, something, you know, they don't belong here, you know, and guess what? They're probably thinking the same thing about me, right? Here's the deal. We have so many, if you're, if you've lived more than, you know, three years of life, you know that differentness is something we can't escape, right? People around us are different. In fact, they say this, with one trifling exception, the universe is made up entirely of others. Did you think about that? with one trifling exception, the universe and the world is made up entirely of others. So differentness, right? There's other people that are different from us. I mean, if you're married, you're like, you woke up, you know, day two, you're like, yes, absolutely. No, I, right. That is what, I, yeah, that is my highest priority. Absolutely. Of course it is, you know? And so like, wow, what is she thinking? You know, or what is he? Yeah. I mean, we know that there's differences in personality, right? That keep us apart. I mean, you know, I was recently talking with some friends that went on a cruise out of Puerto Rico and they were telling us, we were like, so did you love it? I mean, it was this elaborate, you know, cruise and, you know, a couple hotel nights on the beginning and on the end and just this amazing trip for their family. And they were like, well, it was okay. You know, we're like, why? Like, well, you know, you would go to shore, you would come back, you'd have to wait for these elevators and there's all these families and all these people around and all these children and they're like, <laughs> you know, on their daddy's shoulders and whatever and throwing, you know, beach balls around and we're waiting and they're, you know, more on the introverted side of the scale and they're just like, <laughs> get me out of here, God, I will never get on a cruise again if you just deliver me, you know? And I, as a little bit, just slightly right of center on the extroverted side, Okay, a little bit more. Uh, but I'm just like, what are you talking about? I'm like, an elevator that can, you know, that can fit 30 people? Captive audience, hello, who wants to hear some jokes? You know, come on. Celebrate it. Yeah. I'm doing the Carlton, you know. But the point is, we're so different, aren't we? Right? And, and here's the deal. Obviously, I'm, I'm having some fun with it. The reality is, there's a lot of differentness that's a little bit more painful, right? Some people have had abusive situations in past churches that they've been a part of. Some people have been raised by a mom or a dad who was an alcoholic. Some people have had broken marriages and man, they're carrying around the pain and the hurt of that. And so, you know, and that plays out, right? In our, in our interactions with each other, where we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I, I, I hit a nerve, something that, that I don't understand. And, and man, the easiest thing is like, you know what? I'm not gonna be a part of any small group I'm just going to sneak in the back door of church five minutes after, 10 minutes after the service starts, get out right away, you know, and the pastor says, turn and greet one another, you know, or whatever. That was a joke. Hopefully you'll wait to the end of the message. But the point is this, there's so much difference, right? And, and the enemy, what he does is try to use that difference to keep us from even reaching level one, coming together, right? Henry Ford's coming together is the beginning. The enemy will do everything he can to get us through suspicion, through rejection, through whatever it is to not come together where we can even begin to see the process spark and, and begin to come to life. And that's exactly what happened in the Avengers, right? So uh, it's, it's a fun movie if, if, you know, if you're into 
that sort of movie, uh, which I am. Um, and uh, so in this particular clip, I'm going to show you Loki is this son of a king of a foreign you know, planet. And he's decided that the only way for him to truly rule and reign is to come to earth and destroy our planet and take over by force. And so S.H.I.E.L.D., which is the good guys for you non-Marvel nerds, um, they've assembled all of these different uh, superheroes, right? So Iron Man, the Hulk, uh, Black Widow, uh, Captain America, these different ones. And they're like, okay, this is our best chance to fight the bad guys, to, to you know, win our freedom and to protect and save ourselves from total destruction. But Loki, the evil villain, knows that all he has to do is just create suspicion and get them to turn on each other. Take a look. What are you doing, Mr. Stark? Uh, kind of been wondering the same thing about you. You're supposed to be locating the Tesseract. We are. The model's locked, and we're sweeping for the signature now. When we hit a hit, we'll have the location within half a mile. Yeah, let me get your cue back. No muss. No fuss. What is phase two? Phase two is S.H.I.E.L.D. uses the cube to make weapons. Sorry, the computer was moving a little slow for me. Rogers, we gathered everything related to the Tesseract. This does not mean I'm that we're I'm sorry, making... Nick. What were you lying? I was wrong, Director. But the world hasn't changed a bit. Did you know about this? You want to think about removing yourself from this environment, Doctor? <laughs> I was in Calcutta. I was pretty well removed. Loki is manipulating you. And you've been doing what exactly? You didn't come here because I bat my eyelashes at you. Yes, and I'm not leaving because suddenly you get a little twitchy. I'd like to know why S.H.I.E.L.D. is using the Tesseract to build weapons of mass destruction. Because of him. Me. Last year, Earth had a visitor from another planet who had a grudge match that leveled a small town. We learned that not only are we not alone, but we are hopelessly, hilariously outgunned. My people want nothing but peace with your planet. But you're not the only people out there, are you? And you're not the only threat. The world's filling up with people who can't be matched. They can't be controlled. Like you controlled the cube? Your work with the Tesseract is what drew Loki to it and his allies. It is a signal to all the realms that the Earth is ready for a higher form of war. A higher form? You forced our hand. We had to come up with a nuclear some... deterrent. Because that always calms everything right down. Remind me again how you made your fortune, Stark. I'm sure if he still made weapons, Stark would be neck deep. Wait, wait, hold on. How is this now about me? I'm sorry, isn't everything? I thought humans were more evolved than this. Excuse me, did we come to your planet and blow stuff you up? Understand you treat your champions with such mistrust. You're not my champion. Are really what that naive? Shield so monitors potential threats. Captain America is on threat one. He's not your concern, Doctor. You're on that list? You let me are you take above or below entities? Stark's a fucking guy. You make one more guy. I feel threatened. I feel threatened. It's just a respect. It's fun to put you down. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, now that I'm here, you isn't that exactly what the enemy does in the body of Christ? He tries to separate us from each other through suspicion, through our differences. But here's the deal. God's word has a plan for that. God has already thought about that. You know, God is actually smarter than most of us, at least than I give him credit for most of the time. And he already has a plan to deal with our differentness and the idea that sometimes we're like, I don't know about coming together with these other people. They're super weird, right? It's found in Colossians 3, verse 13. And it says this, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive everyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Wow. Make allowance for each other's faults. You see, it's a reality. We have faults. We're just not going to get around that in the body of Christ or in the world, in our workplace, in our families, in our family, you know, wherever we are. 
Guess what? We're going to find people with faults, people that rub us the wrong way, people that irritate us, people that hurt us, people that offend us, people that let us down and disappoint us. But God is saying, hey, I'm giving you the authority to make allowance for. Do you know what that word actually means? Skipping ahead in your notes a little bit, I put this. There's a continuum of the relationship that God wants for us to have in, in, in the body of Christ. And in the New Testament, if you Google one another, New Testament verses or something like that, you will find lists of verses that talk to us about different things like pray for one another, greet one another, bear one another's burdens. You are members one of another. Admonish one another, teach one another, right? Love one another. So let's say love one another is all the way over here, right? That's like, that's kind of the, the gold award, right? Ta-da-da, you've reached it. You truly are walking in love. But it doesn't start there. All the way over here on the continuum is this little admonition right here, make allowance. That word actually means, and I put it in your notes, it starts with putting up with one another, that's literally what the Greek means. Put up with one another. So look at that neighbor that's been bugging you. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Um, put up with one another. Sometimes we're like, Lord, I could never love that person. God's like, I know, but can you put up with them? Let's get your foot in the door. You know what I'm saying? First one's free kind of thing. Like, hey, start the process. I put it in your notes there. It's not, so, I said, some conflict is inevitable, right? It's gonna happen. But the question is whether we trust God's process whether we trust God's process. God has a plan for our differentness, for our conflict. He's saying, man, if you'll just put your foot in the door and trust me right here, like, Lord, I, you know, and the first time we're kind of, you know, join that small group or that Bible study or that ministry or that person is, and we're like, okay, Lord, start the clock. Okay, I'm out, you know, and we put up with them, right? It was like, God's like, sweet, you know, 10 for 10. You did it. You made allowance. You put up. And then all of a sudden, before we know it, we're like, all right, I'm going to pray for that person. God, strike them with light. No, no, not that. God, show them their many, many faults. God, so that they can truly repent. You know, God's like, yeah, okay, it's progress, right? And then the next time, it's like, okay, God, actually give them a little bit of peace and joy. I can't believe I'm praying that, you know? And then it's like, okay, God, minister to their hurts and restore them and strengthen them. And, you know, before we know it, we see them at the grocery store and we can genuinely be like, Hey, how's it going? Doesn't mean we're going to go hang out and go, you know, have a cooking class together that afternoon. But we find ourselves moving towards love because it's a work of the Spirit. But it starts with putting up with one another. I want to share this with you. This is a, a strong statement, but I just believe God wants me to share this because it can set you free for whoever it's intended. I love technology. And I love the ability to live stream. And I love the ability that we can be teaching all around the world like, Right now, at this very moment, this is going out to missionaries and people stationed overseas and in other remote areas. But here's the deal. If we're using technology to replace coming together in the body of Christ because it's more comfortable, and I believe that there's a word from the Father, and that's, I've got better for you. That's not what I've called you to do. It's not the same thing, right? Having my, my Cocoa Puffs in my pajamas and being like, yeah, I went to church. No, you didn't, okay? No, you didn't. You, you, you heard a teaching, that's good. That'll feed your spirit. But being part of the body of Christ is a lot more than that. Yes. It's about us coming together and sharing our gifts with each other and truly being a part of what God has called us to be a part of in relationship and community with each other. And I'm, I know it's uncomfortable, 
But that's the body of Christ. That's the beginning of what God has called us to accomplish together as his mission. Now, what happens? I believe that that moves us into a place where we begin to recognize and value each other's gifts and contributions, right? When we come together, that enables us then to begin to go, wow, you're actually really good at that. Or, oh, wow, that person needed help. And I was able to help them with their car problem because I've got experience as a mechanic or, you know, they had computer trouble or, wow, they needed help with budgeting advice and, you know, I have a finance background or whatever it might be. But you see how that can't even happen until the first stage happens of us getting over our differentness to actually put up with each other and come together? So here's what happens. There's a couple of lies that the enemy has put forth to try to rob us of coming together and accomplishing our mission. And here's the first one. I don't have any gifts. I don't have anything significant to contribute. And I guarantee you there's somebody in this room and somebody within the sound of my voice on the live stream that the enemy has lied to you and you've agreed with that lie. You know what? Yeah, I've got this little gift over here, but it really, you know what? The pastor's up front and the uh, guy who leads and sings and all that. And I think some of the tech, man, they really, those are the important gifts. And let's not forget the coffee bar. That's a very important gift. Amen? Amen. That's like, yeah, that's really the apostolic anointing there, those that are serving caffeine to us every, every weekend. But we've bought into the lie. And you know what? If we buy into that lie, man, the enemy is robbing us of the sense of joy and the sense of fulfillment and the sense of fruitfulness that comes when we walk in our gift, whatever that gift is. So I'm telling you what, you know how I know that God's put a gift in you? 1 Peter 4, verse 10, says this right here. I'm actually gonna read it because I know it in a different version. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. God has given the pastor's gifts, right? Is that what it says? God has given the really, really mature believers who have their life together gifts. Is that what it says? No, it says God has given what? Each of you, each of you. That means everyone within the sound of my voice has a gift. If you have been born by the spirit of God, God has deposited and is wanting to activate a gift or multiple gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life. And those have a significant part to play in the mission that God has called us to accomplish together. What about another lie? I can use the gifts on my own. Thank you very much, right? I've got my gifts and I'm using it over here at my job or I'm using it over here. You know what? That's great. I'm not saying you're not, but it's not enough, right? When the Avengers came together, it was clear. Each one of them had very strong gifts, if you would allow me to use that parallel. But it wasn't enough for Iron Man to be doing his thing over here and the Hulk to be over here. And, you know, they had to come together and work as a team in order to accomplish the mission and achieve success and victory. And that's the same in the body of Christ. We are stronger together, church. Listen to this. Romans 12, beginning with verse three through verse nine, says this. Don't think you are better than you really are. Wow, don't you love it when God's word's like, okay, wow. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. All right, then moving on. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. 
We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. We all belong to each other. In his grace, he has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Wow, the analogy he uses is like a body, right? And the different organs in the body, it's not just like, ooh, I'm a liver. Ooh, I purify stuff. Yeah, you know? Ooh, I'm an appendix. I don't know what I do, you know? <laughs> None of you have the gift of appendix, all right? That's just, scratch that. Everybody is an important organ. What happens if one organ decides to go on vacation? It's like, we have a problem, Houston. You know what I'm saying? It's like, wait, different movie. Anyway. The point being, we can't afford to live without a lung or without a heart or without a kidney, right? It's all important, even the ones that are invisible, even the ones that don't make a huge splash, but they're important. Man, showing kindness to someone in the coffee bar on their way into church can change a person's perspective, can open their heart for God to touch them. They might not even remember a thing I said this weekend, but they might be like, oh man, that person that smiled at me in the you know, in the coffee bar and gave me a cup of coffee. Wow, they, were, they asked, how's my day going? And when I told them it was a little bit of a rough weekend, they said, I'll be praying for you. Wow, God does care for me. You see how God just used that gift? They might not hear a word I said, but God used the gifts of hospitality, the gifts of kind, you know, grace and kindness, mercy. Tell you what, God wants to use your gift in the body of Christ. Don't be okay with the enemy robbing you because here's what's happening. I think sometimes we're okay, like, I'm the bigger person. The enemy robs me, and I'm just like, it's okay, you know. I'm just so humble that I don't care. It's not just about the enemy robbing you. It's about the enemy robbing the church of your gifts. Amen. Does that help understand? Yeah. When you are not activating by the Holy Spirit the gifts of God in your life and finding your place and your unique contribution to the mission, then the church is being robbed and can I take it a step farther? God is being robbed. Amen. God is being robbed, guys. We're letting the enemy just come in and rob what belongs to God because God has an amazing vision for his church, guys. We haven't, we honestly have no idea. We think coming into a church where five or seven people kind of are exercising their gifts and wow, the teacher, wow, the worship leader, wow, the tech, wow. And we're like, yeah, that was great. And that is nothing compared to what God wants to do. Guys, there are dying and hurting people out there that are hopeless, that are in despair, that don't know the love of God. And they're not just gonna magically come in here. It's gonna be through the gifts of God in your life. And I'm not just talking about standing on a corner, getting on a little you know, soapbox and ooh, the end is near, you know, oops, you know, upside down. It's not what I'm talking about. You don't have to have this gift. God can use your gift in sewing and crochet. God can use... Whatever, your cooking gift, hospitality. God can use your gift of mercy and listening to their problems and being like, well, I'm not a teacher, but I know God loves you and you know what? I'm here for you. I mean, boom, the Holy Spirit's like, God wants to do. I heard of a church down in Albuquerque that literally changed their, their church on the inside to a skate park. 
and invited professional skaters who were believers to come in and had middle schoolers and attend, you know, buy tickets or, or for free, but you know, attend or whatever, get tickets. And they had live, they couldn't possibly hold everybody who wanted to come from the city of Albuquerque. Here's the deal. That didn't happen most likely because some pastor is like, okay, Lord, I am your man of faith and power. I have my whiteboard before me and I want you to give me all the good ideas because I am your chosen servant. <laughs> Do you think it really happened like that? It was probably some regular Joe that was like, hey, I'm totally into skating, man. Like, ooh, ooh. Do you think God could ever use that? I don't know. I've got a couple friends that are actually pros, you know? And then some other business guy like, well, I could put up 5,000 bucks for, you know, do you really? All of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. The gifts in the body were activated and they're doing this crazy thing that is impacting the entire city. Amen. That kids, I guarantee you, sixth through eighth graders are gonna be in heaven instead of hell because somebody said yes to God. God, activate my gift. God, I don't care if it's not up front, but God, use me. Help me find my unique contribution. When we come together, when we do step one and actually get over our differences, start to put up with each other, that brings us to that fulfillment of that second part, which is acknowledging and recognizing each other's gifts and being able to speak encouragement. Man, you're good at that, right? When we're in community and in relationship, guess what? Other people are gonna encourage your gifts, stuff that you just thought, oh, everybody's good at that. No, they're not. That's really special. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, it is? Oh, okay. You know, there's somebody else over here that needs that too. It's like, okay, right? I need help with my golf swing. I don't know if there's any, anyway. Side note, okay, sorry. Right, there's gifts that are waiting to be activated. Let's do it. Let's not let God be robbed of his glory. I mean, I pray right now in Jesus' name that God, even as we talk about this, that God is sparking gifts and dreams, part of his vision, spirit of wisdom and revelation in Jesus' name. I just pray, man, as you're listening, that God is just going, yeah, that thing, that thing you thought was like so, had nothing to do with my kingdom, it has something to do with my kingdom. Let me show you how. Ask me how. And God's going to begin to speak to his body. There's a story of how that happened at our campus, just one tiny way. And that was, we were scrambling um, to find nursery workers for the summer this year. And uh, our nursery coordinators came to me and I was like, well, I've got it. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the congregation and be like, we need help in our nurseries. Sign up, everybody. Because that always works. No, it doesn't. Uh, so I'm like, I don't know, you know, we've tried the same. We can have a job fair, a ministry fair. We can have, you know, it's like the same three ideas recycled from the last 20 years, you know, from all of us pastors in a room like, yeah, that's brilliant, dude. No, you're the man. No, you're the man. You know, God's like, dude, same, same thing, same result, right? If not, it's the definition of insanity. But I just believe that God put in my mind like, hey, there's this guy that works at Charles Schwab that has a total like analytical job super like other side of the scale from kind of my world, if you can probably picture that. And, but God put his, he had volunteered himself like, hey, if I could ever be used and if any of my gifts can be of service to the body, like, and I'm like, we've never done this before, but what if I asked him, like, why don't you come in and sort of meet with us and help us work through this challenge and see what, so he, it's like, I get an email and it's like, so, Pastor, I would like you to invite two men at large from the congregation. Plus, I would like to have our nursery coordinators there. Plus, I would like to have, you know, one seasoned volunteer, one newer volunteer for their perspective. Plus, blah, blah, blah. and guess what? I'm going to get those, like, big easel paper sheets that you tear off and they have the adhesive strip at the top. Oh, yeah. No, no. Official, people. Official. So, we're, like, in a room together. We're meeting. And they're like, okay. Okay. What's the mission? 
Okay, what are the main, you know, the main problems? And we're just like, this is, I've never seen so many pieces of paper on a wall in all of my life. But here's this man from Charles Schwab who's using his gifts in a way he probably never dreamed in the body of Christ, in a way that, to be honest, to my shame, I've never asked in eight years that he's been at our campus. And all of a sudden, boom, the Holy Spirit energized it. And we're in the process. Man, through that, there came hope and life and vision and creativity. It was released. What's in you? What's in your wallet? What's in your heart? that God says, that belongs to me, man. That belongs to my body. That is exactly what we're missing to accomplish. Greater things, church. Greater things than a weekend service. Unbelievable things in the community that are only gonna happen as you bring yourself and your gift to God. Let's not rob God of his glory or let the enemy rob him. Let's say yes to him. I think we also need to do one other thing, and that is we need to choose to fight united. If we're gonna see victory, we've got to choose to fight united. You see, unity is always a choice, isn't it? It's never like, just like, oh, we just, the planets aligned and we all miraculously, everybody felt exactly the same way and had no difference of opinion. No, most likely, there's always something to bicker about, always something we could choose to major on if we don't say, you know what? What is supreme? What is the mission, God's mission, Right? And it's only when we identify the real enemy and the real mission that we can choose to walk in unity and fight in unity together. When we identify the real enemy, quit fighting ourselves, quit thinking of ourselves higher than we ought and allow God to help us put up with each other and then grow towards loving each other. When we truly begin to value each other's giftings and say yes to God in terms of our own giftings, that we reach that place where we choose to fight united together. Maybe some of you are here and you're like, that's great, sounds great, but what is our mission? You know, I hate to be the one in the back of the class like, uh, I think I might have been at the bathroom when like that was covered. I don't know, you know. Glad you asked. Couple of passages for you to meditate on. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. It's the last chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus is getting ready to go back to heaven with the Father. He's trained his disciples. He's laid down his life. He's risen again, and he's in part of them. And he says this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, every people group, every nation, tribe, and tongue, and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you just meaning, hey, teach them how to live my life, my abundant life in the spirit. And surely, are you ready for this? This is the firepower, right? This is our Captain America guns. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The presence of God, church, is our firepower. The presence of God is the impetus behind everything that we do to accomplish the mission. So God is saying, if you will come together around me and my mission, I will do unbelievable things. What about this passage? Luke chapter four. It's actually the passage that was put in Pastor John Leach's heart when he started Jubilee Fellowship Church some 18 years ago. And it reads like this. Jesus went to Nazareth, starting with verse 16, where he had been brought up. On the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. 
Unrolling it, he found a place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That word is actually the year of Jubilee. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. Can you imagine being there that day? You know, normally they probably read like, you know, okay, today's reading, you know, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. You know, because they actually read long passages of scripture corporately together in community. But this time it was like, (laughs) who's the new guy? Who's the new reader? Man, something's different. There's a new sheriff in town, right? Because God, Jesus had the power and authority of God and of the Holy Spirit in his life, working in him and through him, just like we do, just like we have the opportunity to have. And so I believe that God is saying, church, that is your mission. A lot of us are trying to find our purpose, right? That's kind of a popular thing. Hey, find your purpose in life. Hey, read this book. Hey, find your purpose. Take this inventory test, you know? I believe God's saying, hey, why don't you start by asking me, what's my purpose? What's my objective? What's my mission? And then under that, you say, now God, how does everything I have, everything I am, all of my personality traits, my gifting, my education, my career, how does that fit your big purpose with a capital P, right? If we do that, do you believe it might be easier to all of a sudden be like, I got it. This is how it fits. And there's such joy released when we do it that way. See, our passion for the mission is not just a reflection of how much we love people. Because to be honest with you, my love for people can kind of, you know, it's kind of like the stock market. You know what I'm saying? In 2015, 16, kind of does this thing. It's like, oh, Lord, you know, help those people that don't know about you in the Amazons and in Africa. And yeah, Lord. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, have you ever felt like that? Okay, you don't have to admit it, but I'm admitting it. Okay, sometimes I don't. My love for for. People isn't what it should be and isn't what God wants it to be. But here's the deal. God is saying, you know what? I want your love for me, DJ, to be what drives. Because God, I want you to receive glory from those people. I don't want you to be robbed of what you rightfully deserve and what you purchased with your blood. God purchased worship and praise from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. He wants them to be standing saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain. We found life. We found joy. We've been set free. We were oppressed and now we're filled with joy. We were blind and now we have sight. We were condemned and now we've been redeemed. God wants us to be a part of that mission because we love him and want him to receive the glory that he deserves. I want to show you one last clip from the Avengers. And it's, we see this very factor begin to happen. Even though they started all suspicious of each other and kind of working against each other, when they truly began to recognize who the real enemy was and they truly began to come together, they saw incredible things happen. Take a look. So, this all seems horrible. I've seen worse. Sorry. No, we could use a little worse. Stark, we got him. Banner? Just like you said. Then tell him to suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. 
I don't see how that's a party. Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Call it, Captain. All right, listen up. Until we can close that portal, our priority is containment. Barton, I want you on that roof. Eyes on everything. Call out patterns and strays. Stark, you've got the perimeter. Anything gets more than three blocks out, you turn it back or you turn it to ash. You give me a lift? Right. Better clench up, Legolas. Thor, you got to try and bottleneck that portal. Slow him down. You got the lightning. Light the portals up. You and me, we stay here on the ground. We keep the fighting here. And Hulk. <sighs> Smash. <sighs> Yay. Well, for those of you who enjoy that sort of thing, there you have it. I don't want to spoil the end of the movie, but you can see them begin to come together and begin to then be able to receive instruction and direction and coordinate to where they were able to accomplish something truly impossible. I believe that that is what God wants for us as his church. A great clarity of mission, a great shared commitment to it where we give ourselves fully to one another, value each other's gifts, each other's contributions and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal what those are and then enjoy that sweet brotherhood and camaraderie as we accomplish God's mission together. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word to us. God, we thank you that, Lord, you are the one who has called us to be a part of something truly significant, eternal, and life-changing. And God, I pray that by the Spirit of God, you would spark something supernatural in us right now of how you want us to be a part of what you're doing and how it's gonna happen as we come together. We're gonna see your supernatural power, just like the apostles in Acts 17 when they were in Thessalonica and people accused them and literally brought them to court saying, these men have turned the world upside down by their teaching. God, I pray the world would be turned upside down. Douglas County, God, Lone Tree and Castle Rock, Lakewood, Highlands Ranch, throughout this region to the ends of the earth. God, turn it upside down with the love of Jesus. God, use us, Lord. God, we bless you. We give ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen.